You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Businesses Influencer Marketing Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Danielle Liss. Each week, we will help you unlock the secrets of influencer marketing through interviews with leading professionals and tips and tricks to help you scale your business. Sit back, grab a coffee, and let's talk all things influencer marketing. Hi, this is Jamie. And this is Danielle. And welcome to the Businesses Influencer Marketing Podcast, Episode 10. Today, we are very excited to be talking to you about our third tool in our marketing tool series that we think all influencers need. Today, we are going to be chatting about all things campaign reporting. I think everyone who's ever met me at a conference knows this is one of my favorite topics, so I'm really excited to dive into this one. This is literally your happy place. (laughs) It is. I love talking about this. And it's one of those things that I really think that this is a tool that a lot of influencers don't like to do, and it can make such a big difference. So I'm really excited to talk about it. Don't lie, Danielle. You like it because spreadsheets are involved. Maybe. (laughs) I actually think, I mean, Thanksgiving is here. It's right around the corner. And I really believe that if someone were to ask you what you were thankful for, spreadsheets would probably be on that list. You know that there would be an alphabetized list of probably like 20 things to talk about. And I am very certain that Excel would be one of them. So under S, it would be spreadsheets and side dishes. Oh, side dishes. Yes. (laughs) You know, that's like the true way to my heart on Thanksgiving. Yes. We did have a conversation with our lovely producer, Don, all about the merits of stuffing, mm-hmm. of which I I don't like stuffing. It's super controversial, I know. <laughs> Not my thing. And I like it, but I am a girl of a certain age, and stovetop was a regular fixture for me, and I like stovetop cooked like basically back into crouton form. <laughs> I have never had, I've never had stovetop. I wasn't allowed. Believe oh, it's so good. <laughs> I've never had it in my life. I do love Thanksgiving. What's your favorite now. side? Oh my gosh. I, that's unfair. That's an unfair. Can question. you narrow it down? Okay. Let's, you know how I like to do this. What is your favorite savory piece of Thanksgiving? This is so difficult. I really love the turkey. I, I love turkey. I love turkey with really good gravy. Like I love that. And I love cranberry sauce and I love mashed potatoes. See, I'm going down a rabbit mashed hole. Potatoes. Now, what's your favorite sweet dish that you have on Thanksgiving? So I know we had some very seriously controversial conversations about pumpkin spice. I do not like all things pumpkin spice, but I love pumpkin pie. I love it. I don't like pie. I know. I know. We've had this conversation. You don't. Like and it's pie. so sad. I just don't like crust. I like the inside of apple pie, but I don't think that counts as pie. 
And last year I tried to convince my husband that we can start a new tradition called let's have a Thanksgiving cake. And <laughs> there was this whole, like, there's no such thing as Thanksgiving cake. And I then viewed it as a competitive challenge. And I found a cake with a turkey on it at a store and took a picture. And I was like, yeah, huh? So now I think that Thanksgiving cake is a thing. Food bloggers, all our food bloggers, because we love our food bloggers. Someone needs to make Danielle a Thanksgiving cake. And we want to see, we want to post. I want to see ah. Danielle's Thanksgiving cake. And it must be called that, Danielle's yes. Thanksgiving cake. Thanksgiving cake. Oh, that would be so incredible. I love it. Now I'm starving. We need to take a break because I you need know to what? go get yes. some food. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick word from our sponsor and then we will come back and talk all things campaign reporting. Today's sponsor is Closing Strong. If you work on sponsored content, you know that every great campaign needs a strong closing report to highlight those results. When we created Closing Strong, our goal was to give you the tools to create the kind of reports that shine a spotlight on performance and let you shine as an expert. From which stats you need to know to how to frame the results, we have you covered. In Closing Strong, you get spreadsheets to track your stats, reporting samples, and an instructional video on how to pull it all together. It's everything you need to create campaign reports that wow your client. Visit businessease.com slash closing strong to learn more. Welcome back. We are ready to start talking about all things campaign reporting. But before we do, we sort of want to lay the groundwork so everybody knows what we mean when we're talking about a campaign report. When we think of a campaign report, this is a report that you send to the partner you were doing sponsored content for, whether it's a brand, an agency, letting them know what the results were. And this is something that was a regular part of what we did when we were working at the networks. It is a great time for you to shine a spotlight on those results, talk about the highlights, those types of things. But a lot of times people just don't like sending them or they don't know what to send. I see that a lot in Facebook groups. Sometimes I'll notice posts where an influencer is saying, this brand, I just did this campaign with them and they're asking me for a report and I I don't even know what to send them or what's next? What do I do? How do I do it? I feel like there's so many questions what a good campaign report entails. I agree. I've seen a lot of people in the groups who will say things like, oh, I just send them an Excel spreadsheet or the worst one that we always, I this one makes me cringe. I just don't send anything because I don't know what to send. Oh, I know. And in case it's not clear, <laughs> the answer to the question is should influencers send campaign reports? We emphatically say yes. There are so many benefits to sending the report. For me, it's sort of a no-brainer. Anytime anyone asks the question, should an influencer send a campaign report, it is a resounding yes. Always send the campaign report because there are just so there's so many benefits for it. You can show off your results. It shows a level of professionalism that sets you apart from a lot of other influencers. One really important thing to keep in mind is most of the time you're working with somebody who is part of a larger team and it makes it a lot easier for your contact to report to their management about the results and keeps them talking about you. And one of the things that I think is the most important is it allows you to shine as an expert. Always say no one is a greater 
expert on your audience than you. And this gives you that opportunity to pull it all together and show them what you know about your content and your audience. So we've totally covered the why. I feel like we've convinced everybody we've, we've, we've pulled that together. And so now the real question is the what, what goes into a great campaign report? The first thing you really want to talk about is the campaign objectives. And this is really important that you know upfront. It should just be a simple summary of the goals of the campaign, because frequently when you go into a campaign, the brand is looking for certain goals, certain achievements or a return on their investment. We like to call them the KPIs, the key performance indicators. Because your report might be shared internally amongst your client, there might be some people who don't know what those goals were. So make sure that you list really briefly in a small summary what the goals were that you were aiming for when you were working on this campaign. The next piece, once you've got your objectives highlighted, you want to talk about performance. And I recommend that you do this by channel. Take a look at, so if you did, for example, a blog post and a Facebook Live, you're going to break that down and say, here's how this performed, here's how that performed. And this is where we get into Danielle's first love spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. um, we recommend that you create a spreadsheet to track those results. And remember, that spreadsheet is meant to be the basis for your report. It's not what you're going to send to the client. And we're just going to throw in here, if the thought of creating a spreadsheet makes your head hurt, we hmm. understand that's not always the, the love of many people who are more on the creative side. Check out our sponsor, Closing Strong, because we've created a very easy-to-use template, which is based off of the type of spreadsheets we created when we were working for networks. Oh my God, I love templates so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so in that, you're going to track the data for each channel you use during the campaign. So like we've said, if you posted a blog post and then you had an Instagram post, whatever you created deliverables for, you just want to track the data for each of those channels. And including in this, you want some visual samples of the content. So for example, when you're talking about your performance on Instagram, your number of likes, give them a copy of the photo, show them what you did. It, it makes, it pulls everything together and allows the client to sort of see everything in one snapshot. One thing we always recommend in this section is if you got a great comment or a message from someone in your audience about the product based on what you posted, include that. Whether it's a screenshot or a quote, this is so important for the brand to see how the campaign was received by your audience. And again, that is great to include when somebody is floating that up to their management to review the results. Those quotes, those snapshots are amazing. I, I, mm -hmm. I when I was working um, for the network previously and we did campaign reporting, we always tried to have one of those awesome comments because someone always had one and they, I found that the brands always sort of latched onto those. So I, I, that's a really great thing to include if you get it. So then you have your summary of your performance you, it's really helpful to include sort of an observation section. You can talk about why the campaign performed the way that it did. Um, so you could talk about, since you know your audience better than anybody, you can talk about why you think they reacted to the campaign in the way that they did. And this is one of those things that I think sometimes people stumble over because they aren't sure what to write. But I really think this sets you apart from other people in this space because you're putting this level of analysis into it. So if you guys are listening to this and hearing and thinking, what are they talking about? Here's an example of what you might say in this. Let's say you did a post that did really well on Pinterest, and it may be due to the strong visual content or the ease of the recipe. Talk about why you think your audience behaved in a certain way. One thing that's really important, and we always get questions about this, is what do I do if a campaign performed under 
expectations. This is the section where we want you to offer reasons why you think it didn't perform well, and you can offer recommendations as to how they can improve moving forward on their next campaign. I really think that this is the section that makes a brand come back to you. Your numbers, they sort of stand for themselves. um, But when you can explain those numbers, I think this is why you get repeat business. um, Because brands know that you understand what you're doing, you understand your audience, and you understand what they want to hear. So once you've pulled this report together, you have to send it, right? You need to know who to send it. Ask the brand when they want it. Typically, they're looking for it a few weeks post-publication, maybe two to four weeks or so, um, but ask them. It's it's a very easy thing to ask, and frequently you'll take them off guard because they may not even expect it. And we understand if you're thinking, but my posts tend to simmer and do really well with SEO and Pinterest, so it's a much longer period of time to show them the real results. If you see results after the time that they have requested the report, should you send them? Our answer here, as you can guess, is yes. It's always a good idea to send a follow-up to the initial report. It makes you look good. It makes you look professional, but it also shows the benefit of a long-tail campaign. Going back to that, when we talked a lot about you know how you can use your reports to sort of make more money to highlight all these benefits like what you know Danielle was talking about, when you send a campaign report, you can also add a pitch and you can say, how can we do this again? How can we work on this together again? Um, you can talk to them about the success that you had, areas that you can uh, implement to make things a little bit better or to improve. And this is a way you can continue to have repeat clients. Yes, friends, you can use campaign reports to make more money. I think we all want that. Yes. (laughs) So that's our primer on how to create campaign reports to wow your clients. Don't forget to visit the show notes at businessease.com slash episode 10. You can also get our campaign reporting templates along with the instructional video at businessease.com slash closing strong. And don't forget to visit us in the HQ. We love hearing from you guys. We obviously need to talk about Thanksgiving. I mean, we need to know yes. what do you love? Tell us sweet, savory. Do you have a Danielle cake? <laughs> Please. <laughs> a Danielle Thanksgiving cake. Trademark. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we're going to have a short episode for Thanksgiving. Where we're going to talk to you all about all of the fun <laughs> pain points that we had and all the lessons we've learned in starting this podcast and to tell you how grateful we are for all of you for listening. And then we'll be back and we're going to be talking uh, our final episode in November is going to be our fourth must-have marketing tool that everybody needs. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Business Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. If you like the podcast, we'd love if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews help new listeners find us. If you have any questions, you can email us at questions at businessease.com. We'd really love to hang out with you in our Facebook group, the Business Ease HQ. To join, visit businessease.com slash HQ. We want to give a big thank you to our producer, Don Jackson of the Raven Media Group for making us sound so very good. Thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you again next week. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.